everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Watching the Boxes Fantasy Basketball Podcast, hosted by HashtagBasketball.com, your home, the very best fantasy basketball tools and analysis on the internet. Go check them out, HashtagBasketball.com. I'm your host, Mike Katrin, and joining me as always is my co-host, Tyler Watts. What's up, Tyler? Mike. We're going to talk about Spicy P today. I'm excited to talk about Spicy P. Who is, who is Spicy P? Oh, come on, Mike. This is this is my thing. Basketball reference nicknames. Who do you think Spicy P is? Well, there's only one person on this team that has a P in their name that I would call Spicy P, and that's Norman Powell, baby. Spicy P. Oh, no. No, no, no. No one wants to talk about Norman Powell. Oh, I like Norman Powell, man. He's uh, he's cool. He's a cool guy. Been drinking again, like you have been hitting the saws, been tipping that bottle. You've been not following some spicy pee. I don't you know get why the basketball reference guy on the show. When is this going to happen? I don't understand how his nickname is Spicy P because I've literally never heard anyone call him that. No one has but. ever called Pascal Siakam Spicy P. They should call Norman Powell Spicy P, though, because that dude loves spicy food. Loves it. How do you know? Don't worry about it. Don't worry. I was up in, like I said, I was up in Toronto last season, and maybe maybe me and Norman Powell hung out. I don't know. Maybe we didn't at all. No. Norman um, Powell's nickname on Basketball Reference. The worst Basketball Reference nickname in the sense that it's not even a nickname. His nickname is Norm. That is actually the best nickname. By far, I sh- shout out to Norman Powell for having what, what is essentially not a nickname, but just his name. Uh, great job! I'm telling you, so, Norman Powell, shout cool out. guy. Uh, shout out to Toronto. <laughs> We're obviously doing the Toronto Raptors here for our 30 teams and over 30 days uh, previews here at watching the boxes fantasy basketball podcast, guys. If you want to support the show, go check out Patreon.com/slash Watching the Boxes. Uh, my rankings will be there for all listeners, not just Patreon subscribers. So if you want to check out my tiered rankings and my plateau rankings uh, th- throughout the season, go to patreon.com slash watching the boxes. And if you like the show, you want to support it, feel free to descri- uh, subscribe via Patreon. And you can also join our listener leagues. So we would appreciate all the support we can get because all you guys are fantastic. Just like the city of Toronto, one of my favorite one of my favorite cities. It's it's a lot like Chicago, Tyler. It's, but instead of a um, tacos everywhere, they have curry everywhere, and this curry is very very good, Tyler. If I made your basketball reference page, Mike, would you like it to say your nickname was Spicy M or just Mike? What about MCMC? Ooh, now that's a good nickname. I'm gonna petition yeah. Basketball Reference Man to add you. With zero stats, of course. Maybe you can try out for a G League team. They have open tryouts every year, Mike. If we get you to try out, we can probably get you a basketball reference page. If enough Patreons subscribe, if, if 100 Patreons subscribe, I will try out for a G League team, and we will we'll film it. We'll try out for the Windy City Vols, and we will all have a great laugh. I am going to campaign for this. I am excited. And just to uh, incentivize our listeners... I am 5'6", so it will be a very, very uh, hilarious for everybody but me 
segment if we get uh, more people over to patreon.com slash watching the boxes. Let's get right into it. Toronto, weird offseason for them. They won the damn championship, and then Kawhi Leonard pieces out to L.A., and their fan base doesn't seem too upset about it. But they also lost Danny Green. They lost their boy Jeremy Lin, uh, NBA champion Jeremy Lin, who is still a free agent, I believe. I don't know if he's been picked up by anybody. Uh, and they ended up signing Ronda Hollis Jefferson and Stanley Johnson. And here's a really bad sign. They also brought on Cameron Payne. That's a very, very, very bad sign. Every team that's had Cameron Payne has been uh, painfully bad. That's right, I said it. So, Tyler, what's the most interesting thread for fantasy going into the Toronto Raptors season? Where, well, to me, it's where to pick Spicy P, man. Um, we so talked about Siakam, breakout year, man. Breakout year last season, absolutely great. He is uh, 25. Kind right. of out of nowhere, right? Like, yeah, he's 25, and it was kind of – it was surprising as heck because, like, even if you looked at his per 36-minute numbers, they weren't very good. And then – an impressive leap. He was playing 20 minutes before that and was perfectly healthy. He played 20 minutes and just put – apparently just put it all together. And, well, and uh, this is a guy who has not played basketball for a lot of years. Like they said, it's like during the finals, it's like his seventh year playing basketball. Right, that he's you know we see this with other guys, right? He's from Cameroon. He just wasn't really introduced to basketball until he was a teenager, and you know now he's kind of at twenty five, putting it all together with you know still kind of limited experience, right? We talk about a lot of these players have played since the time they were five six years old, right? So if they're twenty five, they played for twenty years. This guy's played for seven, and you saw him do it on the biggest stage in the NBA. You saw him uh, perform throughout the playoffs in the finals. Down the stretch, he was uh, he would carry Toronto in some of those games. I mean, he he's he is that good of a player at 25, not even in his prime. Probably will get a little bit better, and that's why I mean he he's needs to improve in very specific places in order to get into out of that top plateau into the tiers, into those top tiers, and um, he's almost there. A little bit more threes. Oh. Little a uh, little bit more steals, a little bit more blocks, and this guy would be a one one and one guy, and that is super super rare. Um, so both our friends who who do the rankings here, right, are are very in on Pascal Siakam, and I, I might even say it's a bit higher than I like. Um, hashtag Basketball's rankings have him twenty ninth in total value. Um, our friend Mark Roberts has him thirty first. That's that's a lot. That's a big asking price, right? To take him, he's basically got to not only repeat that absolute breakout season where he won most improved player, but he's got to be even better yet. Now the Raptors are definitely going to ask more from him, right? You mentioned it. Kawhi Leonard gone. Danny Green gone. Pascal Siakam probably going to have to be the team's leading scorer. Yeah, which... and he scored 17 points. Per game last uh, season down the stretch. Or 19 to get playoffs. Yeah, closer to 20 down, down the stretch. The only caveat I think I have here is he was doing all of this 
with arguably the best player in the league or one of the best players in the league, Kawhi Leonard taking up all of the of the breathing space from the defense, like the best defenders on Kawhi, not Pascal Siakam. Now the best defender will be on Pascal Siakam. Can he produce that same season when he is now the focal point of the offense in Toronto, but the focal point of every single opposing team's defense? Yeah, that's that's a question, right? And there's there's a few questions for me in the sense that okay, we talked about specific places he has to get better too, right? Like it's less than a steal, it's 0.7 blocks. Like you need those to be a little better to be a top 30 player, don't you? Yeah, you, you really do. To be a top 30 player, you got to be over a steal uh, or at least over block in, in one of those categories. Um, steals and blocks are kind of uh, steady throughout people's careers. So, you know, it might go up a little bit um, if he can improve. You know, Bradley Beal improved literally every year, and, and DeMar DeRozan, the same thing. Every single year, grinding away, getting a little bit better, getting a little, you know, 2.3 steal here. Uh, one season and the assists go up 0.5, right? It'd be nice to see his assists go up since they're going to run the, the ball through him a little bit more. That would be um, really, really nice. But you would think if he's going to take on a higher scoring load, maybe that field goal percentage comes down a little bit. He's taking a few more shots per game. Hopefully well, I think line a little bit more. But, I think um, that field goal percentage. I, I, I kind of like him. Yeah percent has to come down just in the sense that there's not going to be any Kawhi Leonard, you know, Danny Green, say what you want about him. He's a, he's a great role player. Um, there's going to be so much more focus on him. I don't see any way that he shoots, you know, 55% again. He's going to have to take more field goal attempts, number one. And number two, right, teams are going to be setting out with the thought of stopping Pascal Siakam, which is going to... I, I think it might be hard for him to shoot over 50%. And that's and I think that's why I'm not paying a premium for uh, Pascal Siakam. I still like him as a prospect. I still actually think he could take a little bit of a, of a mini leap this season as well and uh, live up to the rankings from, from Mark and from uh, Hashtag. But I'm a little th- – there's a lot of players in that third round that I, 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 I like – who have a little bit, uh, who are have done it before, done it multiple times, and are not jumping into a new situation, uh, or if they are jumping into a new situation, it's not a uh, negative new situation. And for Pascal Siakam, this is a negative new situation. Basically, being the focal point, supposed to be the best team on the uh, best player on the team, supposed to lead the team in scoring. Um, we'll see how he handles that pressure. I still, you know. I think it's safe to see him in the top 50. If you think he's a 30 plus, you know, third tier, third round player, I feel like you're taking him at, you're drafting him at his peak. And I don't like drafting players at their peak. Nailed it. You nailed it right there for me, too. I think I don't see him being any better than the 30th best player. So there's not much value in taking him there for me. And there's definitely much safer guys in that range for me. So I'm looking at him more as a fourth, fifth round guy. I'm not looking. And my at guess him. is, is he's gonna, he's rarely gonna fall down to the fourth round. So I mean, I, I just don't think I'm gonna own a lot of Pascal Siakam this year, and that's fine with me. Um, you know, I hope he proves me wrong. I hope he's great. Like I don't, I don't think it's an indictment on him. I think he's a fun player. He's a fantastic player. He's a player that came out of nowhere last year, and, and good for him. 
but I, I don't. I'm not going to bet on it. I'm not doubling down on that, especially with the premium I have to pay now. Just if you're you know. going into the end of the third round, into the fourth round, and Pascal Siakam's sitting there, and you want to take a little swing at him, all right, cool. I don't think your your swing is going to be too detrimental. But you know, if you're at the beginning of the third round, middle of the third round, that feels a little too steep for me with the types of third tier players that are are most likely available to you in that you know 28 to 34 range oh yeah you know get me you know there's going to be a plethora of guards in that range that i i find myself picking most often um there's also going to be some forward types that i would rather have um than pascal siakam but i'm sure we will talk about that at a later date certainly will speaking of guards we have to talk about the guard situation on this team fred van fleet having a great playoff run uh, 25 years old, potentially could come into more minutes this season with Kyle Lowry, uh, who is going to be 34 next season, uh, at some point next season. He, th- Kyle Lowry, uh, li- the numbers declining a little bit. Now, granted, he didn't have to take on the type of load uh, with Kawhi Leonard there that Kyle Lowry is normally known for taking on. So, you know, the points did go down, but the assists – went up and i'm wondering if we see a little bit of reverse i think a lot of people are out on kyle lowry and i i'm not sure i'm not sure why i would people are way out on kyle lowry someone who's been in the i mean he's been in the top 30 for the better part of a decade um i know his he, he is starting to decline uh, with his age, but he's still the starting point guard for the Toronto Raptors. Yeah, and I mean, we just we've seen a lot of goodness from Kyle Lowry. Um, people say he declined a ton, and okay, he didn't shoot as good from three point range or the field last year. But I saw a lot of really good stuff from Kyle Lowry. He averaged one point four steals, which was actually a, a significant increase from the year before. Um, you mentioned it. He didn't take on the scoring load. I think another thing that that let him add was half a block a game, right? He could focus a little bit more on defense, and I don't expect that to happen this year, right? Because they're going to ask him to play that kind of bigger offensive role again. Um, yeah, I'm I'm big on Kyle Lowry this year in the sense that for the first time in a while, I think I'm going to own Kyle Lowry in, in a few leagues. I think he was kind of going in that third round range that we talked about with Pascal Siakam where there wasn't a ton of value in him, right? Like he was just kind of a third round player and we know he has a tendency to fade a little bit down the stretch, like whatever, whatever, whatever. I think now people are sleeping on him. I've seen him go outside the top 50 in a few leagues. And I think he is definitely a top 50 player. I actually think Yahoo has him ranked around 50. I see uh, people drafting him after 50. This guy's definitely a top 50 player. I just, I, I don't, I don't know unless he like completely just, deteriorates and falls apart uh you can look at his second half last season and it wasn't great um now granted he he did sit out a few games for injuries during that during that last half of the season but that that second half of the season you know his shot kind of disappeared he was shooting under 40 percent for periods of time but he had a not gonna be able to yeah this offseason that's why he's not playing for team usa right so that's why he hurt his wrist. You try to shoot with a bad wrist. You know what I'm saying? So 
I don't think it was any surprise. And I think that's why we saw the shot fall off. And I wouldn't be super surprised if the shot came back a little bit this year. I mean, he's going to have to take a few more shots. Uh, if, if he is shooting well, around I don't 40, the field goal percentage should be good, but I think no, 42%, 41, 42, yeah. 43%. That's all I can ask. Like that's, you know what you're getting with Kyle Lowry. That's what you're getting. If he's around, if he's above 40 and he, his assist numbers are still around eight plus he's, he's a top 50 player. I'm Simple cool with him even going to like seven, seven and a half and going back up to like 16 points. I mean, he's still a top 50 player there. Yeah, Good I don't job. think we should be completely out on Kyle Lowry. There's obviously a potential for him to completely fall apart, which is why if he's falling out of the top 50, or if, uh, I'm, I'm happy with taking him in that plateau section because this is a guy who is a, you know, he's been a top tier player for many, many years. He could still have another year in him. He knows how to do it. Unless his body's falling apart and we see his body falling apart as we head towards the season, uh, I want I want this guy in my top 50. I'm with you on all of that. And you mentioned Fred Van Vliet. If that's where you want to go, they yeah. don't really have anyone to play shooting guard. Like you mentioned the names they added. Uh, I could think we could see Fred play more this year, just in the sense that they're going to play those two together and they might kind of go with that dual point guard, dual ball handler look just in the sense that there's not a lot of great options. Um, we talk about this, I think relatively frequently, like I don't think either one of us love the, the game of Fred Van Fleet for fantasy. Um, it's okay. Right. He gets you 11 points. He gets you, you know, he had 4.8 assists last year, which was really good. Um, just under a steal 2.6 rebounds. Um, if he's playing like 30 minutes a game, it's somewhat interesting, right? It's probably a top, Pushing a top 100 player if he gets 30 minutes a game, I'm not sure he's going to, but something to I just watch. Feel he he and you know he's 25, so like maybe they just think he's actually going to be a very good player, and they want to play him more, and, I, and he's got the opportunity to play. So the minutes will be there, and that I I definitely like. Uh, when I think about Fred Van Fleet, though, um, I, I I I just feel like he at best is like an end of the bench type of player. Um, I don't know how much more valuable he could possibly be even with starters minutes when, you know, he, his steals are okay. His sister. Okay. He's not a great scorer. His, um, rebounds aren't great. He's the kind of guy who backs his way in, in 30 minutes into the top 100. Like he's, a yeah. he's a guy who plays like 80 games and you're like, Oh, he was like the seventh, 80th ranked player. Cool. But it's like, yeah, Oh, he played and- 80. He played 80 games. He's consistent, yep. and I will give him that. If you're looking for someone to stream, uh, or if you're in a little bit of a bigger league and you, you're looking for kind of some guard stats, he's a good guy to target. A fact, I mean, I'm not in a standard league. I'm not even super hyped about picking him. Like, I'm just like, okay, well, Fred Van Vliet's there at no know, like one fifteen, one twenty. Um, but yeah, so he's he's fine. I just I wouldn't get too hyped on him. And I think I think some people are getting a little hyped on him, which is crazy to me. Like if you pick this guy in the top one hundred, don't like just don't pick somebody else. Yeah. Um, because there's no real room for him to move up from that, I don't think. Um, so yeah, I'm gonna go for somebody with a little bit more a little bit more oomph. I, I like I said, he's twenty five, so like I hope he's got another gear in him and I hope he shows it, but I'm not taking that there's a lot of other players younger players uh and players who i've seen you know now granted he was a, a factor in the finals so like he, he's done it on a giant stage but i've seen uh, a lot more of those guys who are in those 
first, second plateau, put up really, really impressive numbers. So, um, Fred Vanfee, guy to keep a, an eye on, but definitely not a guy to uh, to take a swing with, in my opinion. Here's the thing we should have started the show off with. Because yeah. this is probably the most interesting thing for me about this team. So, they have basically two more players that I'm pretty interested in. I'm pretty interested in drafting both of them. And I think both of them are top 100 players, but there's one huge problem. And the weird part is they have two spots, right? They have a power forward spot and they have a center spot. They could play both of these guys last season for whatever reason. And maybe it was the coach change, right? Nick nurse basically put, Serge Ibaka as exclusively a center. He played 97% of his minutes as a center. That was the first time in his career he played anywhere near as many minutes as center as he did a power forward. The lowest amount he had played as a power forward was 65%. That was all the way back in his rookie year. He was exclusively a center last year. They traded for Marc Gasol, who is exclusively a center. So they have two Pretty damn interesting fantasy guys, but they might slash the throats of each other by both only being centers. Like if they're both only going to play center, how interesting can either guy be? It's super depressing because Serge Ibaka is often overlooked just in general. And Marcus Soul actually is, I think, uh, overlooked often by the general public. Uh, a guy who has been a great fantasy asset uh, throughout the years, a uh, one and one, one one and one guy, you know, a block of steel, a three. Uh, you know, his center is fun. If you don't hear about big, field goal percentage, that, he's a fun center. Both big fans of this guy, you know that. Absolutely, and even in limited minutes, Marcus Sol is actually standard league relevant. So if he's still sitting around and on your for some reason on your draft draft board in those late rounds, like get him on your team. Absolutely, same with Serge Ibaka. Even in limited minutes. He's standard league top 100 relevant. And so the best yeah, case scenario is that they figure out a way to play these guys starters minutes now that Kawhi's gone. Because Kawhi, kind of like a 3-4, he could, he could play a 4 if he really wanted to. Um, he could play a 2 if he really wanted to. He's a crazy lunatic. Well, and uh, the thing was, right, I think that they wanted to play Pascal Siakam. They saw him being awesome, right? And then Kawhi had to eat a lot of minutes. But the fact that he only got 3%, like – you know, Pascal Siakam wasn't playing all the minutes. And I'm pretty sure he did get the 3% once Marcus came because I think we talked about this last year before they traded for Marcus and he had played exclusively as a center. So I think they did experiment with that lineup last year. And someone can tell me if I'm absolutely full of crap about that. Um, but I'm pretty sure that was the case. They only played Marcus all 25 minutes a game when he came over. Now, how much of that was they were already a playoff team and they kind of added Marcus all for the, the bench type stuff. I, I don't know. He only, he did play 30 minutes a game in the playoffs, True. Um, which, which is good. And we also saw uh, Serge Ibaka play more in the playoffs. Nope. Serge Ibaka down to 20 minutes in the playoffs. So he was down. He was down when Marcus Hill came over as well. Like they did poach each other's minutes. I really hope they figure out a way to play both of these guys. Uh, if I had to choose one, I'll go with Marcus Hill just because he is more fantasy friendly overall, even in limited minutes. And I also feel like 
you know, you have a big name like that, you're paying him big money, and he's still relevant. Like Marcus Ole is a great person to run your offense through if you want to like try something new now that the the Kawhi isn't going to be holding the ball a lot, and you know Pascal Siakam isn't isn't capable of creating his own shot like Kawhi was. No one's really capable like Kawhi is, but. I, I like Marcus Sol better, even with limited minutes, uh, as a standard league relevant player than Serge Ibaka. But I both I think both of them will end up in the top 100, as they always do. So if you're seeing them slip, which um, I'm seeing, them, I'm seeing them slip. My favorite, my favorite draft of the year, the Mike only. Every person in the draft is Mike. Um, I, I love that draft too. It's my favorite draft. General range, you're starting to look at these guys, right? So, you know, another Mike is going to take him, right? So we talk about these guys slipping, but maybe you're in a league where everybody is good and everybody knows what they're doing and they're not going to be picking, you know, Kevin Love in the top 30 and they're not going to be, you know, making some of these uh, mistakes, yeah, like casual mistakes that uh, you know people with name recognition tend to get overbid, and guys who play on teams no one watches that are actually good get overlooked. And and I'll admit these are two of the tougher guys for me to decide upon because you gotta feel like Serge Ibaka is gonna play like twenty five minutes a game at least, right? And so, you know, the simple math tells you that doesn't leave that many minutes for Marc Gasol if they're not going to play together at all. So, you know, we talk about Marc Gasol being a perennial top 50 player, been a top 50 player for a long time, still really very good, does all that great stuff. Like, now, you know, only playing 28 minutes, like, that's a concern for me yeah they're i mean listen they're i mean marcus Sol's older serge buck is gonna be 30 this year serge buck's ceiling isn't high marcus soul's ceiling is probably uh lower this year than it's been any other year just because of his age then you throw in the minutes problems right i'm still taking marcus soul over serge Ibaka. i'm probably not looking at either one of them until like 80 plus 75 80 plus See, I'm a little bit higher on Marcus Saw. I'm I'm kind of with you in that same general range as Serge Ibaka. Like, you know, maybe some weird build thing. I might be like 75, but it's probably after pick 80. Like, I just don't think he's gonna be that good unless, you know, unless we see during the preseason that they're playing both these guys, you know, 30 minutes, then maybe I'll reevaluate that. Um, but for Marcus Saw, I think I'm looking at him. A little bit sooner, probably in that 60, 70 range. And then it all depends on kind of what I need and, and all that stuff. The thing you love about Marcus All, he always gets like four assists a game. And talk about a center getting four assists a game. That's always, you know, very, very valuable. Um, I completely agree. Tyler, do you want to talk about the OG? The OG Ananobi, whose nickname should I hope is OG, because that's a cool, that's just a cool name in general. You want to talk um, about the hype around OG Ananobi? There's hype around OG Ananobi. There's always hype around OG Ananobi. He's OG Ananobi. He's got the I will say this in the league. I would, I would not draft another player on this team, and I would not even, not even another player on this team. 
You not even spicy Norman Powell. No, I think we've been tricked by that that game a, a few too many times before. Norman Powell, super average, hit some threes, right? He might be streaming uh relevant in the case where like there's a weird it's a weird schedule. Like Toronto's playing on certain days, so you can like get him in. That's where he's probably valuable. I think I've seen OG Ananobi go in in, in uh, some mock drafts in those late rounds. People taking a flyer on OG Ananobi. I don't know where, like, you know, I don't see him playing big, uh, like, maybe bench minutes, right? Like 25. Um, okay. Perhaps. Like, I will, I will what, what, is, what is he doing in that 25 minutes? Like, he's not good at blocks. He's okay. I'll steals. read you the. I'll read you the per 36 minute stat line and you tell me if you want to really even own this player. And in, in this is with him playing 36 minutes. You ready? 5.2 rebounds, 1.3 assists, 1.2 steals, 0.6 blocks, 12 and a half points, 1.83 pointers on 53% from the field and relatively 60 from the free throw line. No. Thank you. And that's no, thank a, you. Thirty-six minutes. That's really not that standardly relevant in thirty-six minutes a game. I don't see any way he plays thirty-six minutes. I don't see way he plays even thirty. Like in a even in a deeper league, I'm not even really thinking about this guy to be honest with you. Like I just not a lot to like for me. Hundred um, percent. I think a lot of people see OG Ananobi as a future Bam Adebayo, and he's not. He's not Bam. He's not Bam Adebayo, guys. Um, Really, actually, the only guy I would even sort of like be like, all right, maybe I'll keep an eye on him. Uh, Ronnie Hollis Jefferson, who had an absolutely abysmal, terrible year in Brooklyn last year, but two years ago, it did look like he could be poised to be a decent standard league player. So uh, he's in a new situation, which is positive for him. And I'm interested to see what he does in this new situation. I'm not getting my hopes up, uh, but it's worth keeping an eye on. And the thing that you don't like about Rondé Hollis Jefferson is he's a bad, bad three point shooter. And with the way teams are prioritizing that now, it's hard to feel great about Rondé Hollis Jefferson. You mentioned it though. He does have a very fantasy friendly game if he's getting minutes and there's kind of a wing spot open there or, you know, kind of power forward, which is what he basically is right. A combo forward. Um, There's this potential that there is a few minutes available there. So it's something to keep an eye on. Definitely. Um, Other than that, Tyler, I'm not talking about anybody else on this team. Is there anyone else you you care to throw out there? Maybe even in a, in a deeper league. Uh, no, I'm not. I'm not really big on Toronto's kind of ancillary guys this year. Um, I don't really see any kind of streaming viability from most of their guys. I'm assuming Fred Van Vliet gets picked in your league. Um, I don't really think they got anybody. I don't. I I'm with you on that. I think that's it for Toronto. Tyler, where can people find you on Twitter? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Tyler P. Watts. Find me at Watch the Boxes. If you like the show, please rate, review us uh, on whatever you're listening to this podcast to. Also, um, we would really, really appreciate it. If you want to support the show, check out patreon.com slash watching the boxes. Exclusive content, free content. And if you subscribe to patreon.com, you can play us in the listener leagues. Um, which is always a really, really good time. We're going to get those listener leagues spin up real, real soon here. So go check out patreon.com slash 
watching the boxes so you get your first entry into those listener leagues. And we will see you for the next team. Have a good one, everybody.